welcome to smart cherry's thoughts this is sai from india so uh can you please introduce yourself to my audience sure um so i'm christina previt i am an attorney in new jersey in the us and i practice divorce and family law and i've been doing that for about 18 years now and i recently started a new company called netsquire that tries to help people divorce amicably so that is my mission to take the stigma out of divorce okay so can we talk about it in yeah. detail yeah what do you want to know so in this uh, uh 14 plus years that you have done so uh what is your experience and what you understood well you know divorce is obviously not a pleasant time for people and there's still a lot of stigma associated with divorce so a lot of people still feel a lot of shame and embarrassment about divorce but despite that we still have what i hear is a 50% divorce rate in the us i'm not sure if how accurate that is but that's what i always hear and so even though so many people are doing it there's still a lot of shame around it and i think as a result a lot of people will stay in unhappy marriages just because they're worried about what what people think or they're worried about what the consequences will be and i firmly believe that nobody was put on this earth to be miserable that we all you know have a purpose and we all have a path and that we were meant to be happy maybe not every second of every day but i think for the most part we're all supposed to be happy and live our best lives So I really want to take the stigma out of divorce so that people who are in unhappy marriages can give themselves permission and give themselves the freedom to get out of those unhappy marriages but still be respectful to each other. And I've been doing divorce for like I said 18 years and so I've seen all of the examples of people that aren't respectful to each other. You know, the people that are disrespectful and fight and just spend a lot of money and it's all really unnecessary so i'm hoping that we can change that so this happens only in us or uh, anywhere in the world well i think in general when you break up with somebody it's not fun right like most people have some terrible breakup story right um You know there's a lot of emotions that come with that but i think when you're married you have a lot of legal entanglements maybe you've been together a long time you might have children together so it's not just as simple as just breaking up with somebody and going your separate ways there's all these other things that you have to do like maybe separate property or figure out what custody will look like And I do understand that there are other countries that actually do not even allow divorce. Um I think the Philippines is one of them where you just can't get divorce. It just doesn't exist. So what people do instead is they just sort of separate. They just go their separate ways and they may consider themselves divorced, but the law doesn't really recognize that. Um but in the US, um divorce is very prevalent. I I don't really know what the the divorce rate is in other countries and I know in some cultures in some religions you really can't get divorced and I think in the US perhaps that is a little relaxed um so even people from other cultures who come to the US they get sort of acclimated to life here and so we we do a lot of divorce for people of other cultures um in new jersey there's a, a huge indian population we do a lot of indian divorces um you know i don't think in any culture or any religion divorce is you know i think it's frowned upon no matter what religion or ethnicity you are because the idea is that when you say i do it's supposed to be forever right 
So when you kind of changing your mind about that, people can have different reactions to that. And it can depend on a lot of things like how you were raised and your religion and things like that. But the reality is that it still happens. And I, I really believe that all of us shouldn't feel shame for the decisions that we make. As long as you're not hurting someone else, we should be able to live life the way we want to. And uh, what are the main reasons why people get dis- disconnected? Well, I really believe that sometimes people just marry the wrong person. I think sometimes we get a little more focused on the big wedding and the party and don't actually appreciate what we're getting ourselves into when we're getting married because it is a huge commitment. You know, again, you're supposed to be saying I do forever, right? Like, how well do you actually know this person that you're marrying? There's like a list. The New York Times published a list of like 20 questions that you should talk about with your soon-to-be spouse about a lot of things like how you handle your finances and if you're comfortable with debt and if you want children and, you know, some aspects of how the children would be raised, like what religion and, you know, you would think you you kind of might think you know all those things already, but unless you've really talked about it, you don't really know. So a lot of people will get married and realize, well, I don't really want kids, but maybe one person does want kids. That's kind of a deal breaker, right? Unless someone's going to compromise, how do you reconcile that? So people will just break up based upon things like that, differences in lifestyle, um, you know, sexual compatibility, uh, financial compatibility, uh, things like that. So people don't generally divorce because there's like one specific thing that someone did. Like if someone cheats, you know, it's easy to blame it on that. But more commonly, it's just because people, they're just not on the same page about how they want to experience life you know, and they just at some point are not compatible anymore. And they're just in resistance with each other. So I would tell people before you get married, really carefully consider, you know, who is this person I'm marrying? And do we see eye to eye on a lot of things? You know, do does one person want to travel and the other one doesn't? Because that can be a huge source of conflict. Is one person a saver and one person's a spender? You have to talk about those things. You know, how are you going to reconcile those things? So um, I would say that people just kind of grow apart and they don't want the same things. I will also say that I think people wait too long to go to marriage counseling. If they are having some problems, go sooner rather than later. Don't wait until things are so bad that it's like a last resort. Like therapy should not be a last resort. It should really be a first or second resort. So communicate with each other. That That's really what I see. I think people don't actually communicate with each other where they're communicating what they want, what they need, and their spouse is actually listening to that. So you are into this from long time, more than uh, 14 years. Uh, you saw a lot of couples having differences and having different reasons for uh, uh, not liking each other and uh, when when it comes to relationship when it comes to connection uh, two things uh, plays a, a very important role emotion and logic so how to how 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 it should be balanced in order to make it long lasting well, I think always communicate with each other. So your spouse is telling you things all the time, but are we listening? You know, if someone's repeatedly told you that, let's say maybe they want to go on vacation and it's important to them that, that you get away from things and you spend time together, but maybe the other person doesn't want to travel. Like they, all they see it as travel and time away from home. And this is just one small example but you have to really pay attention. You know, your spouse is, is telling you that they, it's important to them to go away together somewhere to have some quiet quality time together where you're not burdened with work and laundry and 
you know, taking the kids to soccer and, and all of that, it's really important to set aside that time. So don't just dismiss what the other person is telling you that they want, that you might think it's stupid, but there are little signs, you know, I bet if anybody who got a divorce looked back, they could see that there were signs. So if you have a spouse that keeps asking you to do something, really pay attention to that. Don't just dismiss it. Like, oh, she'll get over it. That's stupid. I don't want to do that. Because really what you're telling the person when you do that is that you don't respect them, that, you know, whatever it is they're trying to communicate is not important. And nobody wants to feel that way in a relationship. You want to feel like your feelings are valid and respected by your partner. So that's what I see really happens a lot. Uh, everyone, uh, it can be any person from any part of the world, uh, you know, uh, does marriage or gets connected with uh, a partner not to get disconnected, but that happens after connecting. Like when they get connected, they love each other. They, they, they say that we, uh, we care each other. But what happens after that, uh, after being together and what happens? After being together for so long? No, not long. After getting connected, uh, uh, after getting married, they have to stay uh, together uh, under one roof. So what happens after that? Um, you, you mean when they get married and they're living together as a husband and wife or if they... Yes, yeah. Okay. So, you know... E- a lot of people think that, you know, once you get married, like that's it, you're just done, you're married now and you just coast through life. But a relationship, especially a marriage is still work. You know, you're, you're going to change and evolve and grow as we all do, as we go through this life and maybe our interests evolve and, you know, maybe we want new, we have new goals and you just get older you know, sometimes the things that were important to you when you were in your 20s is not so important to you in your 40s, but there's other things that are important to you. And I think as long as people are growing together, um, you know, maybe not exactly this in the same way at exactly the same time, but as long as they're both growing and evolving and doing that in some fashion together and giving each other permission to do the things that they feel like they need to do. Um, You know, I think that couple is more likely to stay happy and compatible with each other than the couple that doesn't do that. So there's a lot of people that think, well, when we got married, you were a nurse and you, you know, went to bed early and you, whatever, you were a vegetarian. And now you don't want to be a nurse anymore and you want to go back to school and you started eating meat and, you know, whatever, all these different things. And, you know, some people resist change so much that it almost becomes dysfunctional and you have to accept that who you're with, they probably are going to change a little bit. Like we all do, we grow, we evolve. And as much as you can try to accept that other person and the growth that they want in life. I, I, you know, let, let, you know, in my relationship, like my partner lets me be who I am. And that's really important to me. And I think all of us really just want to go through life and just be who we are and be allowed to be who we are. And when you get resistance to that is when you really start to have conflict. Uh, in this social world, uh, uh, living in, uh, living uh, and s- surrounded by people, definitely when something happens in their uh, relationship, they get divorced and they uh, start uh, living uh, separately. So like you said in the beginning, there is a stigma, social stigma. They feel, uh, they feel different. So, and you said you do, they don't need to feel like that. But uh, why still that is there? Why people are still not thinking logically that it it happens in life? Well, I guess because at the end of the day, we're all human beings and we have emotions that are disconnected sometimes from logic. And, 
those influences that you get from the time you're born and how, how you're raised by your family and whatever your culture is, you know, those things are very powerful. So if you grow up with your family constantly saying divorce is bad and, you know, you should, you marry one person and you stay married to them forever. And then you have cultural influences around you confirming that, um, you know, those things, those influences are, are so incredibly powerful that it can be extremely difficult to go against them. You know, if I've heard, I've had many people come into my office and say, well, just something as simple as, well, I don't, I want to get a divorce, but I just feel like my parents will be so upset and, you know, so disappointed in me. Sometimes it's just as simple as wanting to please our parents, no matter how old you are, you know, you, you, you still want your parents to approve, right? So it, it, it depends on the individual. And quite frankly, like how miserable are you? I always say that there's a misery threshold and everyone's is different. And once you get to a certain place where you're so unhappy that those other things just don't matter anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're very concerned about what your parents think, or maybe it's against your religion to get divorced and you're very religious or you come from a very religious family, some people just get to be so unhappy that they just can't stand it anymore. And they don't really care what the family's going to think, or they don't care if it's goes against the religion. So I think that's an individual question for, for each person. So in your experience, what is the minimum and the maximum time that uh, any couple date with each other? Could be divorced? Yeah. Well, I mean, Kim Kardashian was only married for 72 days <laughs> to one one of her husbands. Um, I mean, I, it, there's really no minimum or maximum. In New Jersey, the law of that can vary from state to state, but... Um, in New Jersey, you'd have to be married for at least a few months before you could file divorce paperwork. And then as far as the maximum length of time, I mean, I actually divorced a couple that was in their seventies and they had been married maybe even 50 years or close to 50 years. So, um, and we did actually, one time we had a guy who was 90 come to our office and he wanted a divorce. And I thought that was interesting, but you know, 90. It's like, why? <laughs> you know, like you, you've experienced most of your life, you know, maybe just stay married. But in those, both of those cases, the people were just felt very strongly that I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. And I'm not going to die in this marriage. I, when I die, I want to be single. That's the way they felt. Um, why actually men and uh, women uh, things differently? Well, I mean, I'm generalizing, but I think that more often men's identities are tied more to work and, you know, how successful they are at work, how much money they make. Um, and women have a tendency, not all of them. So I, I'm generalizing, but women are a little bit more attached to the home and, you know, their identity as a mother, a wife, a, you know, a homemaker, even if they work. So I do find that oftentimes the, the wife, the mom is more attached to the home and wants to stay in the house. And the husband is, seems to be more attached to money and, you know, paying as little as possible in alimony and child support. Um, of course, that's not every single case. I, I'm just generalizing, but that's sort of the pattern that I see. Can I say self-love is one of the main reasons why most people get divorced? Self-love? Yeah. Well, do you mean selfishness? Yeah. Loving themselves more, more than the partner. There could be. Um, you know, I think it's complicated. I don't think that we can simplify it that way. I mean, certainly there are some people that are just selfish. But... I, there's a lot of reasons that go 
into the breakdown of a marriage. You know, it's not something that just happens overnight. It's really something that happens over a long period of time. Sometimes decades. I've had people come to my to my office and and they've been thinking about it for 10 years. So I don't think that it's something that most people take very lightly. I think it does take them a long time to make a decision. And it takes a lot of different things to cause their unhappiness that uh, where they eventually decide to get a divorce. So, you know, maybe that's just a representation of my culture, you know, having grown up in the U.S. and, um, you know, I'm not particularly religious um, and my parents are divorced. So it could be, uh, you know, a lot of those influences, but that's my feeling. I, I don't think that people are divorced, uh, selfish because they get a divorce. I think what would make them selfish is if they don't want to share any of the assets that they accumulated during the marriage or, you know, share their money or share the kids because you both had these children. So they, they're both of your children. Um, I think that's where I see the selfishness. So uh, you you have a lot of knowledge in this subject since uh, you're working on in this for a long time. So what what are the common reasons? I mean, uh, like many people get disconnected because of these reasons. Well, I mean, I hear I hear people talk about cheating, um, and I hear people talk about um, the few things that I hear is maybe one party and unfortunately i do hear this more from men um and i want to acknowledge that we have same-sex marriage so i don't mean to generalize when what we're talking about husbands and wives i think these all these problems happen in any kind of relationship but you know i think husbands have a tendency to complain more about not traveling and not going away and not doing things without the kids so I think that's really important to remember that when you have kids, you're, you're not just mom and dad, right? Like you're still husband and wife or whoever you are, you're, you still have this romantic relationship that you still have to nurture. And I think sometimes when people have kids, they neglect that and that can cause the relationship to grow apart. Um, you know, you have to keep that fire burning right? Like you have to work at it. You have to work and, and make the other person feel valued. Like you're not just taking care of kids all day long. Um, so there's that, um, you know, there's not making time for each other, not going out on dates, even if it's not traveling, just making the other person feel like they have value outside of being a mom or a dad. Um, and that's for both people. And also people fight about finances, you know, how to spend money, you know, maybe there's one and this goes both ways. It's not, I haven't noticed it's men or women, but you get one person that wants to live a lavish lifestyle and they want to spend a lot of money on luxury items, or, you know, they're just a little more free with money. It's not as important to them to save. And then you get the other person who's very worried about money all the time. And it doesn't always have to do with how much they make. You know, you, they can make a lot of money and still be worried about money all the time, or they could be broke and not be worried about it at all. So getting on the same page about that, I find um, a lot of people just aren't on the same page about it. Um, you know, there's like the stereotype of the woman that just wants to go shopping all the time and buy shoes and bags and clothes and all this stuff. And of course that happens. And just running up credit card debt where the other person is not comfortable with that, that's a huge red flag. That's something that does break up couples um, or just, you know, I have, there's, I've had couples where it was the guy that was the big spender and, you know, he, he wanted all the nice things and travel first class and have a fancy car and all of that. And the wife really wasn't comfortable with that, but it can cause a lot of conflict, a lot of fighting. So that's probably the second thing that I hear a lot. So people who are connected for 70 days or people who have been with for 50 years together, both are, are doing the same. So, yeah. so people who are getting married now in, in this time, 
what they have to learn by seeing both. Well, what do they learn? What what they have to like uh, learn from like getting disconnected for less time, also getting disconnected even being for fifty years. So that's like it's like they are going to do an experiment. Let's see how it works. Well, unfortunately, I'm not sure that a lot of people learn anything when they get a divorce because a lot of people don't ever look at themselves to see what they contributed to the divorce or, you know, what they contributed to the breakdown of the relationship. And they spend a lot of time blaming the other person. Like you did this and you did that and you were mean to me and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. But, and, and those things may be true, but I always say that there's never one person that's 100% at fault for the divorce. So I think people, if they really do want to learn something and they want to grow as individuals and have better relationships moving forward, they should absolutely take some time to reflect on how they conducted themselves in the marriage and what could they have done better? You know, where could they have communicated better? Where could they maybe have treated their spouse or respected their spouse more so that they don't make the same mistakes in the next relationship. And we all have a tendency to kind of pick the same people over and over again. So if there's a certain dynamic between you where let's say, you know, one party is the one that makes all the decisions and has to plan everything and has to handle the money and pick up the kids and all that. And the other person kind of doesn't really do that and just is happy to let the other one do it. That can cause a lot of conflict because one person feels burdened with everything, but you have to look at how you conducted your relationship and allowed that dynamic to happen in the first place. Otherwise, you may find yourself in another dynamic like that again, and then be complaining again. You know, how come this, how come this guy I'm with doesn't do anything? Why am I doing everything? But you picked him. So people don't always want to look at that and they don't always want to take any responsibility. Is it possible for any person to understand it before marriage? Well, I mean, I think, you know, you can't predict every single problem that could ever come up, right? I think the most important thing is to, talk about some of these bigger things like finances and, you know, are you a strict parent? Are you a permissive parent? You can tell a lot by looking at the way your spouse was raised. Were their parents permissive or were they really strict? I mean, talk about those things. What kind of parent do you think you're going to be? I mean, nobody really knows what kind of parent they're going to be until they have kids, but you know, that's another thing I see is that one person wants to be really permissive and, you know, not have a lot of structure and the other person wants a lot of structure. Just, you know, have being open to discussing those things and compromising is really the biggest issue. People think that they need to find someone who they have a lot of shared values with and they like to do the same things and they have all these things in common and that's great but I think the real test of a relationship is how you both handle conflict when that arises because it's great when things are great when you get along right that's easy anybody can do that but how do you both handle it when there's a disagreement do you communicate with each other or does one person run away and, and, you know, run into the bedroom and shut the door and not talk because that's not good. Um, do they, do you feel like they hear you, that they're listening to you, that they care what your opinion is about the subject, that they care how you feel about whatever that disagreement is, or don't they? Because people are always showing you who they are. They're always showing you that this is how I conduct my relationships. So if you're not even married yet and they're already shutting you down when you have a disagreement and they're not listening to you, that is not going to change. That's not going to get better.
So don't expect your person that you're with to change after the wedding. They're not gonna. That's who they are. They're showing you who they are. So the only subject that you don't understand is relationship. And why it's so complicated? Maybe it's really not. I mean, maybe we just as humans make it complicated. And maybe maybe we're just not with the right people. You know, I think I think sometimes people just don't want to be alone. So they kind of latch on to somebody. And even though there's conflict or maybe they just don't feel totally at peace with this person, they stay with them anyway because they don't want to be alone. And they could be out finding someone else that they're more compatible with. I, I see that a lot too. I mean, I just see that with my single friends, just, you know, they don't want to be alone. So they, they date some person and their attitude is like, well, there's nobody else around right now. Well, there's never going to be anybody else around because you're wasting your time with this guy and you could be looking for someone else. So um, I think, I think people need to put a lot more deliberation and thought into who they're seeing and, you know, why they're with that person and not be so casual about it. Like, oh, I have nothing else to do. I'll just go out with this person or, well, we have fun together. It's okay for now. Um, I, I think that's the wrong way to approach it. So love doesn't work like a medicine always? No, I don't know. If I could figure out love, <laughs> I, I could make a lot of money and solve a lot of problems. But, uh, you know, that's so complicated. That is such a complex um, subject. You know, there's so many things that go into that. I, I wouldn't even know where to start, you know. It, and so much of it comes from the way that we're raised. And how did we see our parents love each other? Because, you know, not all of us had the best role models for relationships. So you kind of grow up thinking like that, you know, you learn these things. It's sort of in your muscle memory. And we're not always even aware of it. But if you see mom and dad like, oh, my parents, they fought all the time, but they're okay. Well, were they really happy? Is that how, is that the relationship you want for yourself? Um, so it's, it's complicated. And I think everybody should go to therapy. <laughs> everybody should, should do that and learn about themselves and kind of figure out what you got from your childhood and from your family that you brought into your adulthood that maybe doesn't serve you. You know, maybe it's not compatible with helping you have the life you want or the relationship you want. I, I think that's really important. And how kids uh, uh, plays a role in uh, in relationship of uh, father and uh, mother? Kids are stressful. <laughs> I mean, kids are kids are are an, an incredible source of joy and happiness because they're so darn cute and they you know do all kinds of cute things and there's nothing like having a child together to forge a bond with each other. But kids are also a lot of responsibility. They're a lot of work. They're huge commitments um, because you can't put them on pause. You know, once they're here, like that's it. You're mom or dad and you've got to take care of them. And I think there can be resentment in a marriage if one person feels like they're doing more. And, you know, unfortunately, more often we hear mom complaining that she's doing more, not always, but that's sort of what we hear is, you know, maybe dad works all day um, or even in a same sex couple, you know, maybe one parent works and the other parents have stayed home, mom or dad, and they feel burdened with having to take care of the kids in the house all day. And then the other spouse gets home and they kind of want to break you know? Um, so again, I think it's a, a, all about expectations and communication, talking about what you want out of your marriage and out of your relationship, what you expect, you know, having certain standards. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people just don't talk about it because we don't want conflict. People avoid conflict. They avoid confrontation, but 
if you're going to be married to somebody and you're going to have a long, happy, healthy marriage, not a perfect marriage, because there's no such thing, but a healthy marriage, um, you have to feel open speaking your mind, asking for what you want, asking for what you need. And unfortunately, sometimes just having difficult conversations. And uh, is it possible for uh, couples uh, like newly uh, getting married couples uh, to uh, prepare their mind or mindset to adopt to the change that happens? Well, I would love for everybody who's getting married to go see a divorce lawyer, which I know might sound terrible, but only to understand that when you get married, that, you know, there's certain legal entitlements um, that you're basically agreeing to. I mean, you don't say it when you go exchange your vows, but, you know, at least in, in New Jersey, you know, you're sharing your assets. Like once you get married, whatever you both accumulate during the marriage is you're, it's shared. So you're a team now. It's not a you and a me. You're a team. You're big. You're a we. And I wish that um, people would have to talk to a divorce attorney before they actually get married, just so that they understand all that. Um, so that they understand the gravity of what they're actually doing. Um, there's something in the Catholic religion called precana. And I've never done it, but you're, you go to that. If you want to get married in Catholic church, you have to do precana and you go for this religious sort of counseling um, to prepare you for marriage. I can't tell you exactly what they talk about because I haven't done it, but um, I feel like there should be something similar just for anybody who wants, you know, just, just to be informed of the, like the legal aspect of a marriage, because there is a legal aspect. So again, you know, prepping, I think that rests with you, the individual to, you know, get, make sure, you know, this person, make sure you have conversations about things that are important to you, like kids or money or, you know, whatever that those subjects are so that you can make sure you're on the same page. So how communication plays a, a role and, and what, what is, what is the life of a person who get divorced? I'm sorry. What was that? Uh, what is life after divorce? Well, it can be whatever you want it to be. Um, you know, Pete, a lot of people are scared of what life will look like after divorce because they don't know exactly. Um, they're afraid they won't have money. They're afraid their kids will hate them. You know, they're maybe embarrassed. Um, but I tell people you, I, the first question for you is really, do you want to be in the marriage? Because that's really what you have to figure out. And if you decide that you don't want to be in the marriage, then, then you can figure out, okay, well, what does it look like to leave? And a therapist can help you with that. A divorce lawyer can help you with that. There are divorce coaches that can help you with that. Just figuring out what you really want for yourself. And if you have children, obviously, you know, where am I going to live? And do I want to buy a house? Do I want to maybe buy a condo? Do I want to rent? Where am I going to, you know, am I going to live nearby? Can the kids stay in their same school? Uh, and, you know, that's a lot, but figuring that stuff out, everything will just fall into place eventually. I mean, you have to put some effort into it, but you will figure it out and you will be okay. I've never had anybody come back and say, you know, my life is terrible now. I should never have gotten divorced. I've never had anybody say that. But I have had people that maybe consulted with me and then decided not to follow through and then came back years later and said, I wish I had followed through when I came here the first time. Because I think when you know, you know. So uh, what you understood in, in your experience about uh, relationship um relationships are just a, a, a constant evolution they don't stay the same and they're always evolving and my hope for everyone is that people speak up about what they want in the relationship 
you know, whatever that is, what they want from their partner. And at the same time that they give the same respect to their partner to voice what he or she wants and to really listen to them. And uh, what, uh, uh, if, if, uh, how age, age plays the uh, role in uh, connect, connectivity? If a person is older than uh, other person. You mean if there's a big age difference? Yeah. Well, you know, I know couples that have a big age difference and they've been married for a long time and they're very happy together. And then I know, I know other examples where there was a huge age difference and it did not work out. <laughs> so I think, it, again, it probably has a little less to do with age and a little more to do with all the things that we've been talking about, like expectations and respect and communication and you know, giving each other the freedom to be who you are and accepting this other person for who they are. And, you know, you also being accepted for who you are. I mean, even if you do all those things, you may just find that you're not compatible anymore. I mean, it does seem a little crazy to me that anybody could really be compatible with the same person for like 50 years. I mean, that's a long time. <laughs> I mean, maybe I thank you know, like kudos to you for the people that do it. Um, but I think maybe we're too hard on ourselves if a relationship doesn't work out. Like maybe we, maybe the crazy thing was not, ex was expecting that you were going to stay together forever. Right? Like maybe the crazy thing isn't getting divorced. Um, I just think, you know, we all see divorce as this horrible, terrible, shameful thing, but I don't really think it is because I think what makes it terrible is more often is the way that people treat each other when they're really hateful to each other and they're just mean spirited and they try to hurt each other. I think that's really what, what makes a divorce terrible and not everybody divorces like that. So why it goes to extreme level and uh, is uh, how uh, maybe they want freedom and they want to uh, have a life like a bird who is flying, who is flying in the sky. Yeah, that's so funny because our logo used to be a bird. <laughs> um, well, I'm sorry, what was your question about that? Freedom. How freedom plays the... Uh, uh, role in a relationship well again i think if you're not letting your spouse be who they are you know freedom is being able to be who you are and express yourself you know um i'm trying to think of some examples because i don't want it to come across like i'm really oversimplifying this because Sometimes relationships just don't work out. You know, you can both do everything right and give each other freedom and love and respect and all that. And sometimes it just, you know, isn't meant to be forever. And, and, and the relationship ends and that's okay. I don't think there's, I don't think we should be taught that there's something wrong or abnormal or shameful about that relationships end. It's part of life. And if, that doesn't happen to you and your relationship lasts forever, then, then that's wonderful. And I'm happy for you, but that's just not everyone. You know, we're all human beings and we, it's just part of life that relationships end sometimes. So as far as the freedom, um, I, again, you know, I just, I don't know how to say it any other way. Like, I just think that people were, we're all put on this earth for, our own purpose. We all have our own purpose and our own path. And if at some point your marriage doesn't um, feel like it's a, a good fit for you anymore, I think people should feel like it's okay to leave that as long as they're respectful. I mean, be respectful to this person that you shared these years with, and maybe you had children with respect them. Um, you know, easier said than done for some people, because when you leave a marriage, you know, if you're the one that's initiating it, 
a lot of times there can be really hurt feelings from, by the other person, you know, especially if they don't want that. Cause there's usually one person that doesn't want the divorce and those people can react in varying ways. They can be really angry, emotional, hostile, um, which really just all comes from being hurt. So it, it can be hard. It can be a challenge to still be respectful to that person. Um, but that's what we see all the time in divorce. And I really do think that um, people's still ability to communicate and compromise is the thing that will determine whether they have a really ugly divorce or not. I didn't, got, I, I didn't got married. I'm single. Uh, but I'm listening to you and uh, trying to understand you because uh, you know the reality, what happens uh, uh, after getting connected because you saw so many people and you saw their experiences and you saw the reasons why they uh, have problems with each other. So most of the people who get married don't talk with a diverse expert like me. <laughs> Since uh, they think that everything is going to be good, everything is going to be great and uh, we can manage it we can communicate, we can make things happen. And, you know, everybody takes that connectivity decision, uh, thinking very positive. But the reality is completely different from what uh, they think before. But talking with you definitely helps them and tries uh, also helps them understand uh, what is going to happen by seeing somebody's experiences, obviously. As a human beings, we learn from uh, uh, other people's experiences and uh, uh, observations. So how many people are uh, trying to learn from people who already, uh, uh, you know, took the wrong decisions? How many people are learning, learning from the people uh, who took the wrong decisions? I don't know. I bet not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately i think i think a lot of people just like you talked about selfishness you know I, th I think it's human nature to some degree to focus on ourselves right like that's what we uh, all humans we worry about ourselves that's just kind of what keeps us going but when you're in a relationship i think it's healthier for your relationship not just you individually but for the relationship to think more often of the other person, you know, not just what you want, but cause you're a we now, um, not just an I or a me, but you're a we, you know, what's good for both of us and what do we both want and what makes, what will make both of us happy. And always, I th think I heard this saying one time that said something like, if both people give 90% of the marriage, it'll be a happy marriage. So you know, putting in more than you feel like, you know, is, is like your share, your 50%, put in more. And if you both do that, I feel like the likelihood of you being happy together is better. And uh, the project that you are doing now and the motto that you have, the goal that you have, what is it? So my goal is, is right now in New Jersey and, and really our country is that the divorce is an a very adversarial process in the court system and it's very expensive and it's very time consuming but it's really m what's available right now and with NetSquire I want to change the way people get divorced it's a big goal but I want to make a new forum available to people who don't want to do it the old way. They don't want to just hire lawyers to fight with each other and spend a ton of money and take a year or longer to get divorced. I want people to know that there are other alternatives out there for them where they can mediate, uh, which basically is just a, a neutral third party helping them reach a decision on various issues and settle their case, you know, settle all the things that you have to, to talk about when you're getting a divorce um, and get divorced that way. 
get divorced more peacefully, more respectfully, and ultimately save save themselves money and time because there aren't a lot of resources out there for people now if they want to do it that way. Uh, you're helping uh, their energy also. You're helping them. Uh, you're, you're being the reason for their peace and also you're, you're, you're being... Uh, uh, you're being a reason for their happiness by not uh, making them stay together and uh, go situations like an extreme level. So can you tell like a couple of uh, things that, uh, that, I mean, you don't need to mention the names, but you can tell, uh, you know, the extreme couples that you saw. Well, I mean, the, the extreme couples are the ones that just fight over everything. You know, there's just nothing that they don't fight about. Um, I actually, a long time ago, had a guy that created a spreadsheet of every single solitary item that was in the house. And when I mean everything, he, there were napkin rings on this Excel spreadsheet. I mean, I can't imagine how many hours he put into creating this spreadsheet. But could you imagine inventorying every single thing in your house? Like the tiniest little thing. And then dividing it, figuring out who's going to get what. It was just really an incredible waste of time. And you've got attorneys working on this and they're billing. They're billing a lot of money. And it's just, you know, I, I did not encourage this because I don't want my clients to have to pay more than they really need to. But I also don't want them wasting their emotional energy on things like that. So, so that was just one example. Thank God I've never had anybody do that since then. Um, but I think it's generally just fighting over things that aren't really ultimately that important. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example without really revealing anyone's identity, but just fighting over small things like the bigger things are like what you're going to do with the house and you know what your custody and parenting time schedule will be and just generally how you're going to divide your assets but it's not you know who gets the book collection and who gets the television and my business partner and I we actually met because we had we were attorneys in a case and the couple was fighting over a crock pot and they fought over this crock pot for a really long time. And I think the crock pot was probably about $35. They spent way more than $35 to fight over this $35 crock pot. And, you know, we didn't encourage it, but they insisted. So I would tell people to let go of those things. You know, look at the big picture, not, not the small little things. And go to a therapist if you're having a really hard time with your divorce and and letting go of some of these things. Just go to a therapist. But I'm sorry that I can't give you like a really juicy um, story. There there was one guy that had an affair with his wife's sister, and that was the reason they were getting divorced. But I don't know how uncommon that actually is. Um, so it's usually the, the same things like money. People fight about money a lot. I'll, I'll put your uh, web links in the description of this video on YouTube, uh, also on the screen as well. People who find our video on YouTube can see the service that you're providing also uh, if uh, they want to use your service and if they are in uh, you know negative energy or if they are going through struggles or if they need your uh, help definitely they will come thank you well I, they can find me at gethappydivorce.com that's my website and our handles on the social media platforms is at gethappydivorce so look us up and uh, as an expert of divorce uh, what is your observation about my work have you seen any videos of mine on youtube I did. I really, you know, what I noticed about you is you're always smiling. And I really like that. You have a very positive energy. And I think that's infectious and it, may, it kind of draws people to you. 
So I think you're curious and naturally personable and a positive person. And I really like that. I hope that you always keep those qualities. So I want your suggestions uh, for my connectivity in future. What do you give? Sorry? Uh, your, your suggestions or your advices for me oh. for connectivity of mine. You know what? Just keep doing what you're doing. Do what you love. Follow where your curiosity brings you. Uh, you're obviously doing these interviews um, for a reason. I, I'm not going to guess. You know, Maybe it's because you like talking to people or maybe you're networking or um, maybe you're just practicing your online presence. I don't know. Whatever it is, though, just follow that and nurture it. And I always tell people you don't necessarily have to know what you're going to do, you know, five years from now, but whatever your desire is today, whatever you're interested in today, just invest in that, invest your time and your energy in that. Cause all those things lead you to where you're supposed to be. So that's what I would tell you. Just keep doing the things that you want to do and it's going to lead you to, you know, wherever your path is. I'll keep your words in my mind. I'll tell you one observation uh, that uh, made me do uh, what I'm doing. Uh, uh, I, I'm a technologist, actually. I did master's in software engineering, also bachelor's in computer science and engineering. Right now, I'm getting trained as a DevOps engineer. So I have a subject called computer networks, where uh, computers are interconnected and uh, the information transfer happens between uh, computers uh, all over the world. So data centers like this, which are created by human beings for communication system uh, in order to uh, make uh, things easier in between human beings. So I want, uh, before understanding computer networks and the communication system information transfer in the technology, I actually wanted to understand the organic thing, which is communication thing between human beings. So I thought like, why can't I start a project? Uh, from which I can able to communicate and connect and uh, try to connect with any person from anywhere on this planet. And I tried and it worked. And uh, 95% of my connection with human beings from UK, US, Canada, Europe, uh, New Zealand, or Australia, from more than 100 plus country people, uh, I have maintained that connectivity and connection. And uh, uh, I just wanted to be the example for the, you know, connectivity uh, and show that positive, uh, uh, we all are one and we all are human beings and uh, we all are here for a purpose. So just wanted to say that we all are together, uh, trying to give that message through this project and uh, obviously experts like you who are coming to my show and uh, uh, making it bigger by contributing uh, the, the, the expertise, the work that they do and explaining that. And uh, also your smiles are also making things uh, <laughs> <laughs> better. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I love what you're doing and I'll keep watching. And I think it's so awesome that you're connecting with people all over the world and with all different kinds of backgrounds. That's really great. I hope you keep doing that. Uh, can I put this video on my YouTube channel with your permission? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I also, can I, can I put this audio and video on my podcast, website, internet, social media, everywhere with your permission? Yes, you can do all that. Just send me um, links and I'll even share them. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll also put your work on my website as well. Uh, people who visit my site can see the work that you're doing uh, and can see the service that you're providing. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And if it's okay with you, could I use, um, could I cut clips from this too to use on my own social media channels? Yeah, sure. Okay, thanks. And I'll, I'll put yeah. links to your to your stuff so people know where to find it. Thank you very much, Agni, for your valuable time.
thank you. And thank you for being so flexible with me. I appreciate it. And it was such a pleasure meeting you and I'll be watching you on Instagram. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Again. All right. Talk to you soon. I will send this recording to you as soon as it's available. Sure. Okay. Bye, Sai. Bye.